Welcome to the Keystone Kickoff Show, brought to you by the Keystone Sports Network. Get the best Penn State sports news and analysis at KeystoneSportsNetwork.com or download the Keystone Sports app from your smartphone. Hello and welcome to the Keystone Kickoff Show. I'm Jim Galante, along with Andrew P. Shea. We're both laughing here a little bit. It has been, Andy, a crazy week for me. I'm doing good, Jimmy. Thank you very much. How are you, sir? (laughs) I am not doing well at all, Andy. I'm coming off a couple days of a power outage, which uh, affected Wednesday's show of this week. It's been crazy. It's affected my life. Power outage. You don't realize how much you depend on it till you don't have it. So obviously no power means, you know, no lights, none of that. But for me, it also means no heat. It also means no water. Okay. Uh, And it's a couple days. And I've lived in my home for 24 years, Andy. And until a month ago, I've never had a power outage longer than five minutes. A month ago, it was two days. This week, again, it was for two days. I don't know what's going on. And then, as you put it, maybe because of the power thing, the technical gremlins are hitting all my devices. Maybe with the power going out right in the middle of things, my main computer decided it it just doesn't want to work right now, or at least this morning. Add into that, I this is about the fourth device I've tried to use to get our show recorded today. Fingers crossed that it will actually work to this time, Andy. Jimmy, that's not a technology gremlin. That's a technology Godzilla. So you got your power back, but then they invited technology Godzilla into your house. So I don't know. We're going to talk some Penn State football. We're going to talk some Big Ten football. We're going to talk some college football. Let's see if we can get through this, sir, because right now Godzilla's our friend. Yeah, right now Godzilla is winning. It's is shutting Jim out. All right, let's move on. Let's get to a topic right away, Andy, that you and I both like this type of thing. Uh, FanDuel has come out with their win totals. Now, I saw the article for the Big Ten teams. I suspect they've done it for the whole country, but we'll we'll focus on the Big Ten. And some interesting over-unders on the win totals here, Andy. So how about if we start right at the top, and it's Ohio State and Oregon both have an over-under on winning number of wins at 10 and a half. Um, Agree, disagree? How do you feel about that? Yeah, well, Ohio State brought uh, a ton of potential NFL talent back on its roster retention. Ohio State, they win regular season games. They win a ton of them. That's a a better's paradise. That's, you know, 10 and a half is, do you say they are 11 and one? Do they lose one game or do they lose two games? It's, It's what their roster says they should be. Oregon's a little bit more of a surprise. They lost some serious NFL potential, you know, NFL talent at skill positions and a lot of their engines. I like their defense, but then you also look at their schedule. They've got Ohio State, Michigan, and Washington are all part of their conference schedule. 
So that's saying you're saying they're going to win two out of three of those games pretty much and not lose anything else out of conference, but they're going to win two out of those three games. Oh boy. That one's a, a sticky only because it's, it's a pretty high end schedule, um, you know, for their first year in this new super conference. So <clears throat> those two at the top are, are very interesting. I, I think one's a lock and I think one's a, combination of they've got some questions and answers and they got a little bit of a tough road to hope. Well, I'm not quite as sure as you are about that. And here's why I will say that Andy is Washington has lost so much. They are not the same team that was in the national championship game. I agree. And you lose the coach, you lose the star quarterback, you lose yep. a lot of guys from the, to the portal. In fact, you know, to supplement my point, on the list, they actually have the over-under for Washington at nearly seven and a half, okay? And I think also, now I'm wondering a, a little bit about Michigan. Now, I have more confidence in Michigan than I do in Washington. Correct. But. I do think Michigan losing the coach, defensive coordinator, starting quarterback. Michigan, I suspect, will take a step back. Now, again, when you're national champions, you know, taking a step back might still be, you know, fourth, fifth best team in the country. But I think there's no doubt they took a step back. So if you say for Oregon that, you know, at 10 and a half, I'm giving them the nod over Washington, and then it's merely a split be- between the Ohio State game and um, Michigan. So Is that asking too much of them? No, I think Washington has, like if you listed three or four ingredients that make you right for a fall, right? Like they played for the national championship last year, and it's going to look differently really fast in the year after. You already mentioned them. I also look at their conference schedule, Jimmy, and it includes Michigan, Iowa, uh, Southern Cal, Penn State, and Oregon. That's five games right there. That's I looked across the cool little conference schedule you sent me. Welcome to the Big Ten, Washington, and here's your first-year conference schedule. I don't see anybody with that much conference meat on their bone out of the shoot in this first year, nobody has more than Washington. And you've got all those other ingredients you already mentioned for Washington to have a possibility of a ripe to take a step back. And they have a killer conference schedule. They do. So I, and here's the other thing, Andy, let's, you know, kind of ask a little bit about those PAC 12 teams coming in. You have USC, Oregon, uh, Washington and UCLA. And I think that conference was so good last year. Oregon yep. and Washington were elite teams. And USC, just with their name value alone, yes, even brand. though they were 7-5, and five, we look at it and say, wow, that's USC. The problem is, like I said, I think other than Oregon, um, USC has a, you know, um, 
they lost five games last year, and they're losing a Heisman Trophy-winning quarterback, okay? So I'm not sure where USC is going to end up. And again, like Washington, their over-under is only seven and a half. So I'm not sure, you know, our instinct of what Washington is and what USC is, is valid this coming year. Oregon, I think, is the one team coming out of that group that is at the highest level. So again, you know, Oregon, Ohio State at the top, it certainly makes that game, you know, in Oregon, a, a very interesting one. Now, where does that put Penn State? And I think, in a way, it it's a favorable schedule for Penn State. They have Ohio State, but they have them at home. And um, they don't have Oregon. They don't have Michigan. Correct. Correct. They do have USC on the road. But I, I'm looking at that USC team as a beatable team. I don't think UCLA is very good. I'm not sure. Again, you know, it's at Wisconsin, and I think a lot of Penn State fans are leery of Wisconsin. But, you know, the interesting thing, their win total over under is listed at just six and a half. So Wisconsin's got transfer portal problems. They got guys leaving. So, you know, I actually think this lines up pretty well for Penn State this year. And if I haven't mentioned it yet, Penn State, it seems like every year Penn State's over-under going into the season is nine and a half. Because if you look at the numbers, James, when he has talent and this team has talent, James is good for 10 wins under the old system, right? And you always judge their sort of conference schedule by two games, right? Ohio State and Michigan. You don't get to do that anymore. They're not in the Big Ten East in that crazy hard, almost unfair, in my opinion, at times division that the conference didn't take care of. But this is actually a real opportunity schedule-wise for Penn State. Washington's a different team. that is going to be vastly different team. Southern Cal, I think Lincoln Riley's in a do less with more, improve it because he did do more with less, excuse me, this year. He's got to prove that as a coach because he did a lot less with more last year than most. UCLA lost their head coach. Chip Kelly took left. He's like, I'm tired of being a head coach. I'm going to go be an OC. He's tired of all of this. And he had pretty much said that. Now UCLA's got major problems. They're all on Penn State's schedule. Look at the lower third of the projections and look how many of them are on Penn State's schedule. It tells you why they're at nine and a half. They have a real opportunity this year, Jimmy. I, I think they do. And at the high end, well, first of all, I'll ask it, Andy, nine and a half. Are you going with the over or the under? I'm going with the over. Absolutely. I, I know they've got all new coordinators, special teams, offense, defense. They've got all new coordinators. And there's going to be a learning curve with that. You know, James spoke briefly about it, about the slow install of the offense and they're being patient and doing it right. And the, the players are struggling with it, but it's for a reason. And it's got a lot of value. They've got a tremendous amount. They lost a crap load of talent on that defense to the NFL, a ton. But they've got some recruits that are going to have – 
an impact. At the end of the day, they have two running backs, two tight ends, and a quarterback that are absolutely ready to be at the next level, and they've got a coordinator who has the potential to unlock them. Will they be eleven and will they be eleven and one or ten and two? The safe the safe call is ten and two. I, I, right now in February, the safe call is ten and two. Um, you know, I think eleven wins is is a is a high ceiling. I don't think nine is a problem. I don't I don't think nine and three hurts Penn State. Um, but I I think ten ten is the number for me. Ten would be par nine would be you know you finished one over and 11 would be you finished one under all right andy we're gonna have to uh stop right there but i'm gonna have one more question for you on this uh over under for penn state we'll get to that when we start quarter number two Having multiple sportsbook accounts is the simplest way to get the best available odds, and there's never been a better time to sign up. When you visit our page, signupexpert.com slash KSN, you'll be connected to all the sportsbooks in your region. All of these sportsbooks have valuable sign-up offers for new users, and through our link, you'll automatically receive the top offer at each one. If you want to take advantage of these benefits, sign up for your next sportsbook at signupexpert.com slash KSN, or see the preferred sportsbook button on our app. Hey guys, this is Andrew from 409 Tailgate Club, here to talk to you about our new Coffee Barbecue Dry Rub set. Over the years, we've developed some great tailgate sauces and barbecue dry rubs, but our new coffee rubs are totally unique spice blends, low in sodium, and feature Happy Valley's finest coffee, W.C. Clark's, roasted right in the cheese shop in downtown State College. So head on over to 409tailgateclub.com, grab yourself some coffee rubs, and remember, always tailgate with honor. We are. StateCollege.com is your one-stop source for news, sports, opinion, entertainment, and community events. Over a decade of experience covering the Nittany Lions from reporter Ben Jones. Lively commentary from columnist Mike Porman and others. Local perspective, local expertise, local information from Penn State's hometown website, StateCollege.com. Trust StateCollege.com for daily coverage of the school, team, and place you love. This is Jim from the Keystone Sports Network. I'd like to take this opportunity to thank all our loyal listeners. As we approach the football offseason, a reminder that we will be here year-round talking Penn State football with all your old favorites, Dustin, T. Frank, Andy, and Jeff, along with newcomers Landon and Sean. But that's not all. We plan on bringing you new shows on our podcast format where we take a more in-depth look at not only Penn State football, but also the other Penn State sports. So be sure to download our app, Keystone Sports. It's quarter number two on the Keystone Kickoff Show. Brought to you by the Keystone Sports Network. Get the best Penn State sports news and analysis at KeystoneSportsNetwork.com or download the Keystone Sports app from your smartphone. And welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show. It's quarter number two. He's Andy. I'm Jim. We are talking some Penn State football. We're specifically talking about some over-unders on win totals. This came out from FanDuel, and we were uh, starting in quarter one with that, Andy, and they have Ohio State and Oregon both at over-under at 10.5 wins, and Michigan and Penn State each at 9.5 wins. It's interesting, 
The next level, there's no one at eight and a half. The next level, Andy, is seven and a half wins. Right. So there really seems to be an upper echelon of the of the league, and it's Ohio State, Oregon, Michigan, and Penn State. So what's interesting is Ohio State, well, they play all three of the teams. They play Oregon, Michigan, and Penn State. Correct. So if anything, Ohio State has the toughest road of this group. Correct. Oregon has Michigan and Ohio State. Michigan has Oregon and Ohio State. Penn State only has Ohio State of this top tier. So that's helpful for them, even though they do have a couple games that could be the gotcha, you know, USC um, at Wisconsin, even though those win totals are fairly low for those teams. And I, I said I'd have a question, Andy. My question is this. I don't have much doubt that Penn State will be an underdog against Ohio State unless crazy things happen, at least going into the season. Right. And any other games that you would call Penn State the underdog? Of the conference schedule, no, not even close. Unless unless they come out and struggle and, you know, like lose to Illinois or UCLA to start the, you know, their conference schedule and lose one of those games. Um, no, I, I think the only team they're clear-cut underdog against right now is Ohio State. No. Yeah, of all the other conference games, no chance. Not even close, Jimmy. Well, I, close. I think there's the potential gotchas on the road, which is, and we haven't talked out of conference, but there's West Virginia on the road. Right. USC on the road and Wisconsin on the road. Correct. Of those three, which game scares you the most? West Virginia. Really? Yeah, West Virginia. Yeah. Yep. West Virginia. I'm I'm still going to go USC. And I I don't like that West Virginia is that first game. You know, on the road, you know West Virginia's crowd will really be hyped for this. You know, they will they will really want this Penn State game. It would be a program changer for them. New and they'll come into the, like most teams, they'll come into the season all, you know, hyped, ready to go, confident. Uh, they're undefeated at that point. But I, I still feel like USC is still USC. And maybe that's me falling for the USC hype. It but is. it's also a cross-country trip, Andy. Yeah, I don't care about the, the travel. It's it's a little bit of the hype. I uh, USC this year to me is of the eighteen teams in the conference is the one that has to prove the most in my book to me, because they are coming off a, a, a massively underperforming season, poor coaching, poor execution, poor attitude overall as a team. That's all reflection on coaching. Lincoln Riley's got some heat in his kitchen this year. He's got a lot to do with a little bit less, and he's got a lot to prove. Now, he's a good coach, but he's got to show it at Southern Cal. Got to show me the money, sir. Until then, I, I don't see them as a problem because over a 12-game 2023, 
they were very average to below average at best. At best, Jimmy. They were easy to beat. That's the thing that bothered me more than anything, and that is USC was easy to beat. They were not hard to play against, and that goes to the core and foundation of what you're doing. Well, and, and again, perhaps this is me respecting the name and the history Brand. too much, yep. but I also feel like for the exact reasons you talk about, they underachieved so much last year, have so much to prove, a lot of heat on Lincoln Riley. It's how will they respond to that? So Correct. it'll be interesting, Andy. As always, it'll be fun to watch these win totals again as we get closer to the season. Okay, here's my next news item. It appears that there is a new contract for the college football playoffs. Now, just some background. There was a contract for the playoff system to be the you know with the four teams through uh, you know the twenty four and twenty five seasons. Correct. They made that adjustment, but ESPN had the contract for the college football playoff through those two years. So even though they were expanding to twelve teams, ESPN maintained that contract. The question was going to be what would happen starting in 2026 and going forward from there. And the feeling was, especially with, you know, Fox, with their investment now in college football, would they be looking to get a piece of this or at least, you know, compete with this for a while? Lo and behold, we get word that there's a new contract out there with ESPN and I'm not sure what the length of it was, Andy, but it will be for $1.3 billion. That's B, billion dollars per year. It's what we talk about a lot is, is you know, follow the money and see the money. This is, this is right in front of you. $1.3 billion. It nearly, it, it, it sort of doubled. Now, the time frame is much further and how they slice it up. But the overall money, the pool of money in the college football playoff scenario, it doubled. And it, it's it's through the 2031 season. So it's it's got, you know, six or seven years. It's a six or seven, it's a six-year deal, is what they they made it through for the 12 team playoff. And here's the thing that to me, that strikes me that, okay, ESPN retains the rights, right? Like ESPN is taking the Hakuna Matata. College football and the commissioners sort of, by taking all of e- taking ESPN's money, they sort of gave control over the future of what ESPN can do with it. They can hold on to it, or the network can subslice it out and give it to other networks and make a little bit more money off of it if it continues to expand and grow. So sort of they took the money, which is the smart play, but the actual power of where, you know, of controlling the money beyond what the 1.3 billion is belongs to ESPN. So it's a very interesting agreement, but ESPN definitely is, you know, the big dog in terms of the college football playoff because the regular season is split up. And I, I really thought that they were going to sort of slice this out 
I really did. I'm, I'm shocked a little bit that ESPN got it all the way home across the finish line for them. Um, but they still hold that right. But it is, it is, they, they hold it. And as it grows and becomes bigger, cause we know it's going to grow and become bigger, Jimmy, it's all theirs. It's all theirs and good on them for, for making that deal happen. You know, uh, you mentioned that they could sub some of this out, Andy. I don't see that happening. Yeah, because I, I know. I think this property is so valuable. And I think by keeping it exclusively to themselves, it's it, it makes it more valuable. You know, it's just saying, hey, if you want to watch college football playoffs, you're watching our network. Correct. And you know, with the 12 teams, even with, um, uh, you know, 12 teams in it, there's only going to be four games at most per round because four teams get a bye. Correct. Teams five through 12 will play each other. So that's eight teams. That's four games. You do this over the weekend. There's no conflict. It's it's ESPN could dominate a whole weekend. No- and <laughs> Their numbers are going to be through the roof, Jimmy, because they're going to go four and four, right? Yes. They're going to have four, and then they're going to have four more, right? Right now you get two and one. They're going to have four and four. That's amazing. And, Andy, I think what really helps, and I've talked about this before, that I think one of the great things about the 12-team playoff is having home playoff games, Yep. okay? And – if you have the game at the home venue, I think it makes it even more attractive. There is no doubt, okay, if Penn State gets a home playoff game, it will be played as a whiteout. And I don't, I think the people at ESPN are smart enough. They will put a home Penn State game at night. They will. For the whiteout effect. Okay. It will invite the opportunity. That's for darn sure. <laughs> yes. Now, with that said, we're biased. I'm biased towards a Penn State home game. But Andy, throw out any of so many of these other venues. You know, could you imagine LSU hosting a playoff game, or Ole Miss, or Alabama between the hedges, or Michigan, or Ohio State? You know, Notre Dame. Right. If you had those kind of teams hosting a playoff game, it I think that adds to the attraction on TV. Can you imagine a quarterfinal or semifinal at uh, at uh, and in Los Angeles, for example? That's that's through the roof. That's like it's not a Super Bowl, but it's kind of the next best thing in terms of market. And this thing's going to grow, Jimmy. It's going to get bigger, and I understand the sub-license, and you're like, I don't know, they're going to hold on to it. But it might become such a product that they they can't sort of garner it all, so you may as well make some more money and give it out. But it's a very interesting position for the network to be in, in terms of they locked it down wholly. This is a really big deal in college football. This is a huge deal. It, it really is. Yeah. I think exclusivity makes it even more valuable, Andy. I agree. And the only thing, you know, and I hadn't thought, haven't thought this through a little bit. I know they like to appease the bowl game. I would like to see the first two rounds 
be home games. I agree. I and which would allow the very top seeds to have a home game also. All right, Andy, that's it for quarter number two. Stick around next. We've got your questions, and we're going to ask Andy. Having multiple sportsbook accounts is the simplest way to get the best available odds, and there's never been a better time to sign up. When you visit our page, signupexpert.com slash KSN, you'll be connected to all the sportsbooks in your region. All of these sportsbooks have valuable sign-up offers for new users, and through our link, you'll automatically receive the top offer at each one. If you want to take advantage of these benefits, sign up for your next sportsbook at signupexpert.com slash KSN, or see the preferred sportsbook button on our app. Hey guys, this is Andrew from 409 Tailgate Club, here to talk to you about our new Coffee Barbecue Dry Rub set. Over the years, we've developed some great tailgate sauces and barbecue dry rubs, but our new coffee rubs are totally unique spice blends, low in sodium, and feature Happy Valley's finest coffee, W.C. Clark's, roasted right in the cheese shop in downtown State College. So head on over to 409tailgateclub.com, grab yourself some coffee rubs, and remember, always tailgate with honor. We are. StateCollege.com is your one-stop source for news, sports, opinion, entertainment, and community events. Over a decade of experience covering the Nittany Lions from reporter Ben Jones. Lively commentary from columnist Mike Porman and others. Local perspective, local expertise, local information from Penn State's hometown website, StateCollege.com. Trust StateCollege.com for daily coverage of the school, team, and place you love. This is Jim from the Keystone Sports Network. I'd like to take this opportunity to thank all our loyal listeners. As we approach the football offseason, a reminder that we will be here year-round talking Penn State football with all your old favorites, Dustin, T. Frank, Andy, and Jeff, along with newcomers Landon and Sean. But that's not all. We plan on bringing you new shows on our podcast format where we take a more in-depth look at not only Penn State football, but also the other Penn State sports. So be sure to download our app, Keystone Sports. Let's get back to the action on the Keystone Kickoff Show. Brought to you by the Keystone Sports Network. Get the best Penn State sports news and analysis at KeystoneSportsNetwork.com or download the Keystone Sports app from your smartphone. Hello and welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show. It's quarter number three. You know what that means. It's time for us to take your questions and we ask Andy. If you want to send a question to Andy, just download our app, Keystone Sports. You'll see the Ask Andy button, and away you go. All right, Andy, you ready for this week's questions? Let's go, Jimmy. I'm ready. Football questions. Yay, we're not going to talk about money. <laughs> All right, let's start with Carl from Gaithersburg, who says, Andy, can you rank the portal players in order of importance to this Penn State team? Ooh, good question. Um, importance. So, yeah, I'm going to go cornerback A.J. Harris one. I'm going to go wide receiver Julian Fleming three, two, excuse me, and offensive lineman Nolan Rucci three. Those are, I'll do those three in order for you. So those are, in terms of importance, those are the three that I would put one, two, three. That's, that, is that enough depth? That's deep as I'm. Yeah, the only question, you know, I had, Andy, going into this is, 
the fact that there's two cornerbacks coming in. Yeah. Okay. AJ Harris and uh, Jalen Kimber. And I almost want to count them as a package deal <laughs> for what they're adding to the cornerback room. And I think AJ Harris, the fact that he has um, three years eligibility left, if he sticks yep. around that long, adds to his value versus Julian Fleming. But if this question were, who's the most important addition for this year's team, I'm going to go with Julian Fleming just because of the mess there was at the wide receiver room. I thought the need there was, was enough to add to Julian Fleming's uh, influence. So I'm a little different than you on this one, Jimmy. I, I, I holistically agree with your assertion. But I still would not. The wide receiver room is a self-induced mess. In other words, it was an unproductive group that got worse as the season went on last year. And yes, I do agree that his value and the ability for him to have an impact is very important to this team. I think the cornerback position and the secondary is part of this defense they lost NFL talent. That's a natural course of things. That's going to happen. But it is a huge, wide, gaping gap when you lose that much NFL talent on the back end of a defense. So that's why I would counter and say they need quality, not somebody to fix something. They need quality ball players at that position. And and I, I just think Harris is... I just think Harris is, is a really, really good corner, and I think he's going to play, and I think he's going to start, and I think he's going to be an impact player for Penn State. And I'm not saying Julian Fleming's not, but I think they need that player at corner to step up because they don't have a ton of options at his level. Whereas at the wide receiver position, every Penn State fan wants Julian Fleming to do well because the receivers were terrible. And it, that's the difference. It, it, it's an interesting question. Okay, let's move on. I, I suspect you are going to like this question, Andy, more than I will. Uh, this is Paul from Charlotte who says, Andy, could you ask your partner why, if Bill O'Brien is such a bad coach, he keeps getting hired by people like Alabama and Nick Nick Saban, New England and Bill Belichick, Ohio State, and now Boston College. Yeah, Jimmy, uh, I have a different opinion and uh, assertion when it comes to Bill O'Brien and being a quality football coach than you do. So I will let you defend your position, sir. Okay, let me start with this, Paul, from Charlotte. I never said Bill O'Brien is an awful coach, okay? But I don't think he was coach of the year worthy, and he keeps getting hired. And, you know, I understand what Paul's point is. He must be good if people keep hiring him. Well, I think that's also, Andy, a little bit of a nature 
of the business. These same coaches get recycled over and over again. And, you know, it's like, and, and to make my point, and I don't know, Paul, how old you are, but if there's any chance you're old enough to remember the coach Rich Kotite from the Philadelphia Eagles, if, if you're anywhere from near Philadelphia or an Eagle fan, you know how bad he was as a coach. He got hired by another NFL team. Which just proves like they recycle these guys, Andy, no matter what. And I think a lot of these, if you want to attach him to uh, Nick Saban and Bill Belichick, he wasn't hired as a head coach by those guys. He was hired as a coordinator. And, you know, those were teams that, you know, Andy, I think you or I could be the coordinator and both New England and Alabama would win lots of games. So, I'm, you know, all right. <laughs> Paul, you're supposed Paul. to be gentle on me this week. Paul in Charlotte is right. Paul in Charlotte, you are right, sir. Good try, Jimmy. All right, Paul, see what you started. Let's move on. Let's go to Tom from Maryland. He says, Andy, you've talked about James Franklin not being a great game day coach. Is it to the point that you think they would be better off looking for a new coach? And would you have anyone in mind? No. No, I, I, I don't. I think it is his most, it is a, his clear and most obvious sometimes weakness as a, as a head football coach. Um, but I don't think it's to the level of, um, I don't think it's to the level of you need to start looking on the outside yet. I just, there's, there's six or seven other markers that he checks the box to very capably. And a couple of them, he's, he's better than most and very few are better at it than him. So he's also, I, I feel he's a strong horse for the course. I know and understand the relationship Penn State fans have with him because they hate Ohio State so much, and they're so tired of losing to Ohio State. And the fact that they don't have to play Ohio State and Michigan and have everything measured against that season, it gives them a little bit of a chance of a reset. So I want to see how this plays out in the next two seasons for James in terms of the you know the 18-team Big Ten but he has a chance for a reset, and I I just don't think it's it's I don't think there's anything out there as much as college football has changed in the last three years. I don't think there's any better options out there, and I feel he's a strong horse for the course. Well, just a couple quick thoughts on this, Andy. Um, you mentioned uh, like the game today and the way it's changing. I give James Franklin credit for his ability to adapt to it, to the NIL and the portal. Um, He doesn't have to like it, but he knows it's reality. He's not fighting it. He knows he has to deal with it. The second thing, and I'll ask you this question, Penn State, I think you could put them as a really good program, even if they're not elite. Correct. How many examples can you give me of programs that were really good but said, that's not good enough, we need to make a change to reach elite, and we're successful at it? 
uh, LSU, and I'm not sure if it was totally above board how they did it in winning the national championship per se. And, and yeah, the fact that you're talking about Orgeron coming and he was fired within a year and a half. So I wouldn't count that. I think that's Joe Burrow's national championship, not Ed Orgeron. I'll, I'll give you the one example that I could think of, Andy, and that's Georgia. When uh, they won with Mark Rick, but they, you know, they wanted to be as good or better than Alabama. And they brought in Kirby Smart and they accomplished it. Yeah. That's How many other teams can you – I think you could name a lot more teams who went south than improved when they were trying to do that from very good to elite. The one thing I want to say about James as we're talking about him is, um, remember, he had that – he's already had a sort of bottom – his roller, co- uh, roller coaster bottoming out when – they were a below 500 team in the conference over, of course, two seasons. One game above 500. 20 and 21, they were – that's a tipping point, Jimmy. And on the other side of it, they were quickly able to change the narrative and message. That's a lot harder to do than you think. He, it's the same guy. So they did – they stayed the course and knew, and he knew he was capable and they knew – knew he was capable of spinning out of it. But that was a tough, tough stretch. And that can go either direction, Jimmy. You can stay there or you can go the other way. Not only did they get go the other way, they went there the other way in a big-time fashion, except for Ohio State and Michigan games. Uh, yes, I, and, and Andy, I think that is a great point. Yeah. He essentially built the program twice, okay? <laughs> and usually – when things go downhill like they did for those two years, 20 and 21, it's either it stays going downhill or the school looks to make a change and then they have that whole process to start over again. For James Franklin to bring it back as quickly as he did, impressive. All right, real quick, Andy. Wayne from Arlington said, is it playoffs or bust for James Franklin this year? Yes, yes, yes. 12 teams. Your roster, I know you got new coordinators. It, Penn State missed – you can clearly measure now with this program and team what is measurable success. You used to have to say how many wins or just – it's – they need to be a playoff team four out of every five years. That's just – you can have one downtime, but – and with this particular team, it is playoffs or bust. It is a disappointment if this team is not included in the 12-team playoff. End of story. All right, Andy, that is going to be it for quarter number three and ask Andy. But I'm going to have a follow-up question for you on that playoff or bust, and we're going to get to that uh, when we come back for quarter number four. So you want to stick around for that. Having multiple sportsbook accounts is the simplest way to get the best available odds, and there's never been a better time to sign up. When you visit our page, signupexpert.com slash KSN, you'll be connected to all the sportsbooks in your region. All of these sportsbooks have valuable sign-up offers for new users, and through our link, you'll automatically receive the top offer at each one. If you want to take advantage of these benefits, sign up for your next sportsbook at signupexpert.com slash KSN, or see the preferred sportsbook button on our app. Hey guys, this is Andrew from 409 Tailgate Club, here to talk to you about our new Coffee Barbecue Dry Rub Set. 
Over the years, we've developed some great tailgate sauces and barbecue dry rubs, but our new coffee rubs are totally unique spice blends, low in sodium, and feature Happy Valley's finest coffee, W.C. Clark's roasted right in the cheese shop in downtown State College. So head on over to 409tailgateclub.com, grab yourself some coffee rubs, and remember, always tailgate with honor. We are. StateCollege.com is your one-stop source for news, sports, opinion, entertainment, and community events. Over a decade of experience covering the Nittany Lions from reporter Ben Jones. Lively commentary from columnist Mike Porman and others. Local perspective, local expertise, local information from Penn State's hometown website, StateCollege.com. Trust StateCollege.com for daily coverage of the school, team, and place you love. This is Jim from the Keystone Sports Network. I'd like to take this opportunity to thank all our loyal listeners. As we approach the football offseason, a reminder that we will be here year-round talking Penn State football with all your old favorites, Dustin, T. Frank, Andy, and Jeff, along with newcomers Landon and Sean. But that's not all. We plan on bringing you new shows on our podcast format where we take a more in-depth look at not only Penn State football, but also the other Penn State sports. So be sure to download our app, Keystone Sports. We head to the home stretch in quarter number four on the Keystone Kickoff Show. Brought to you by the Keystone Sports Network. Get the best Penn State sports news and analysis at KeystoneSportsNetwork.com or download the Keystone Sports app from your smartphone. Hello and welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show, quarter number four. He's Andy, I'm Jim. We're talking Penn State football. And yes, we are getting specifically to Penn State. And Andy, quarter three, we're doing our Ask Andy segment. And the final question, and I don't think we gave it enough time, was Wayne from Arlington asking, is it playoff or bust for James Franklin this year? And your answer to that question was, yes, it is. But it kind of leads me to, you know, the question, first of all, what's the definition of bust? Thirteen fire him? Oh, oh, what do you do with a bust? Yeah, it depends on, I mean, you know, what's it look like? That has to matter too, right? Like, what does it look like? I mean, if if Penn State's, uh, uh, he fires his offensive coordinator, he loses his defensive coordinator, you know, to a head coaching job. If they're a six or seven win team in 2023, can it, it did not look good this year per se. You know what I mean? It got worse as the season went on. They lost their bowl game. They got, you know, et cetera, et cetera. That's, it did not look good. So if it wasn't measurable success on many levels, this is a good time to start over. What does it look like matters to me if you're going to make that kind of decision, you know, is it, was it underperforming? It's just, there's a lot of factors I think I look at. And, and you hit it. uh, Some of it's going to be how it looks. Yeah. You know, if it's a nine and three team that, you know, wins their bowl game, whatever that would be, even though we know it wouldn't be a huge bowl because they didn't make the playoffs. And I think that over under, it may even be the difference between two and three losses may be the difference between making the playoffs and not. Okay. Going back to that nine and a half wins over, you get 10 wins, you make the playoffs. But here was my additional question to you, Andy. Let's say it is a 10 and two team 
and they happen to get into that ranking of five to eight where they get a home playoff game. Okay. okay. Ten and two, home playoff game. Do they have to win that home playoff game to call it a successful season? No. Good teams lose games. It's the playoffs. You, over the course, the, the bigger picture is your overall sort of body of work got you to the playoffs. Do you fire a coach that, whose overall body of work got you to the next level? That's a tough one. Are you saying that you that for Penn State, do you say that getting to the next level and then not winning your first game at the next level, that's the barrier? Okay, if you're Georgia, if you're Ohio State, you're Alabama, okay, that's a, maybe a little bit of a different realistic expectation. But I'm not sure Penn State's in a position to say, I don't feel that Penn State's a team that you look at and say they have to win their pl- first playoff game too if they're 5-8 through eight and get a home playoff game in the scenario you laid out. Do they have to win it? Well, I, I, do, I don't think so. I, I do think it would be disappointing to have a home playoff game and lose it, Andy. But to your point, the judgment, like they've been in the top 12 and even top 10 several times. Yeah. But in the past, that meant you were short of the playoffs. So they could do exactly like they've done in years past, which is go 10 and 2, finish ranked ninth or 10th in the country. Difference is this year you're a playoff team. So I, I think the it's it's that question of appearance. Will it be, hey, we made the playoffs so you can consider things a success? I think it should. I think winning double digit games. And being, you know, essential because they there are um, playoff spots reserved for, you know, conference winners, group and five teams. So there's really only about 10 slots out there. You have to be top 10, essentially, to get in. And I, I think you have to say that's successful, even if you weren't, you know, thrilled if they're one and done in the playoffs. But... I just keep adding, Andy, I keep wanting to mention home playoff games because I love that idea so, so much. Anyway, let's move on. Okay. All right. I was just going to say, Penn State's not there yet, Jimmy. Penn State's not there yet. I I know you might not want to hear that, Penn State fans. Their their program overall is not at that level to have that as a realistic expectation. But what I will say this, Andy, and – this is part of, the, again, it being a 12-team playoff. It's not like when with four teams, and if you sneak in as that number four team just to get your butt kicked by an Alabama or an Ohio State, if you are, and again, remembering those very top teams are getting buys, and yes, I know, you, you might have Alabama and Georgia be the two best teams in the country, but only one of them will be seeded number one. The other will be seeded like fifth or sixth. Correct. And you might run into a juggernaut in that first round. But especially if you could get into that five to eight ranking, you're going to play a very winnable game, and you're going to play it at home. Correct. So, and you're going to play it at home. I think there's a tremendous opportunity for a team of Penn State status to go to the playoffs 
and actually win a game. I agree. Which, at that point, I think there's zero doubt. You know, anyone's, oh, they're only 10 and 2. Well, if they're 10 and 2 and win a playoff game, that's a success, Andy. Correct. That's an absolute success. It's, it is, but it, I don't think it's a line of demarcation, and that is part of how you measure what success looks like for James Franklin and his program. I and But I agree with what you're saying, but I don't think it's a demarcation line. Okay, let's move on, Andy. Let's, let's talk a little on. bit about the press conference from earlier this week. Um, you know, sometimes these press conferences, you know, we, we create a lot of news out of it. I'm not sure how much real news there is. Uh, what stuck out to you is talk about the coordinators, the talk about the portal guys. What uh, so what, what struck gra- your fancy? What grabbed me was I actually kind of liked the way James Franklin <clears throat> presented and positioned himself on all the changes in college football and what it's like. I think the way the revealing of, you know, sort of, he had to go through everything with Tom Allen, you know, hook, line, and sinker, not because he had doubts about Tom Allen, but he wanted him to understand what this was going to be about now and moving forward, right? So, you know, he said, you know, he he doesn't think it's good, but it's here, so you can't, fight the, well, I wish it was like it used to be. You have to embrace and do what it is better going forward. I really think that that's the case. I think you're starting to see some head coaches get burned out around the country. You know, they're just like, I can't do all this. And there's always going to be somebody to take it, but it is a different demand than it was. And I love the way he sort of positioned it and said, it's here and it's not changing. It's where it's going. Get on or get off and stay off. And he's one that had to push himself onto the train. It felt like to me, like I've got to get on this and figure out, you know, exactly how I feel about it. And I liked it a lot. Well, I'll take, I'll go back to the field a little bit more. Sure. And talking about some actual players and some actual news, if you want to call it that. Um, I was fascinated by the conversation with the portal guys coming in. Sure. And again, I, time only time will tell if James Franklin's strategy towards the portal is the right one. He's not diving in headfirst, bringing 10 guys in. It seems like his motivation, it's just as important to preserve the guys we do have, which he did a great job at, and and by being very particular about the guys he brings in. So he'll bring in, I think he wants to bring in high-impact guys where they have, you know, some issues. Cornerback, wide receiver, offensive lineman kicker and and again he likes bringing in guys that he already knows from the recruiting process Andy yeah he still goes back and he's holding tight to his principles and values on this and he thinks it's the right solution and there is absolutely nothing Jimmy that has shown him to be abjectly wrong or misguided in the way he approaches this so 
you know, I it's he's a little different than most. He's the more the exception to the norm in how this has quickly evolved. And he's very comfortable and confident in that. And it's more or less he's not looking for he's not looking for a bunch of guys. He's just looking for the right guys. And he believes, I think that's sort of the overarching way I see it. I think he believes that this is the way it can work long-term and short-term. And most of the ones that are going for look at Florida State. That was short-term. And when it when the bottom fell out in a one-year, Michigan State, when they hired their new coach a couple years ago, Deion Sanders, they're short-term. But when the bottom falls out, look what it looks like. And James is ensuring and does is not going to willing to go to that length because he sees what the bottom can look like. And I just think he believes that this is a long-term healthy process the way he's doing it. And I have a tremendous amount of respect for it because I think it, I think it works for him. Well, and I think it's not just a case. Well, this fits him and his, his way of doing things. I think it's a successful model, and I suspect year to year he might look at it at things a little bit differently. Correct. Now, by having essentially everyone return and even a couple, you know, defensive tackles who had the opportunity for that sixth year and coming back, you know, and I'm sure we'll we've talked about this before and we'll talk about it again. They have about 98 or 99 guys on scholarship and need to get that down to 85. Right. Um, so he wasn't going to go into the portal and bring in 10 or 20 guys. It just it couldn't happen. Nope. But he's going to be surgical with it, Andy, is I think the word that I would use for him going into the portal, get guys that he thinks will fit, not just a positional need, but will fit the culture of the program. I think he's done a pretty good job with this over the last couple of years. And I think he did did well with it again this year. All right, Andy, that has to be it for our show. Thank you all for listening. Please join us next time on the Keystone Kickoff Show. Having multiple sportsbook accounts is the simplest way to get the best available odds, and there's never been a better time to sign up. When you visit our page, signupexpert.com slash KSN, you'll be connected to all the sportsbooks in your region. All of these sportsbooks have valuable sign-up offers for new users, and through our link, you'll automatically receive the top offer at each one. If you want to take advantage of these benefits, sign up for your next sportsbook at signupexpert.com slash KSN, or see the preferred sportsbook button on our app. Hey guys, this is Andrew from 409 Tailgate Club, here to talk to you about our new Coffee Barbecue Dry Rub set. Over the years, we've developed some great tailgate sauces and barbecue dry rubs, but our new coffee rubs are totally unique spice blends, low in sodium, and feature Happy Valley's finest coffee, W.C. Clark's, roasted right in the cheese shop in downtown State College. So head on over to 409tailgateclub.com, grab yourself some coffee rubs, and remember, always tailgate with honor. We are. StateCollege.com is your one-stop source for news, sports, opinion, entertainment, and community events. Over a decade of experience covering the Nittany Lions from reporter Ben Jones. Lively commentary from columnist Mike Porman and others. Local perspective, local expertise, local information from Penn State's hometown website, StateCollege.com. Trust StateCollege.com for daily coverage of the school, team, and place you love. 
This is Jim from the Keystone Sports Network. I'd like to take this opportunity to thank all our loyal listeners. As we approach the football offseason, a reminder that we will be here year-round talking Penn State football with all your old favorites, Dustin, T. Frank, Andy, and Jeff, along with newcomers Landon and Sean. But that's not all. We plan on bringing you new shows on our podcast format where we take a more in-depth look at not only Penn State football, but also the other Penn State sports. So be sure to download our app, Keystone Sports.